Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I had the scripture in my heart uh, tonight, and um, it's a scripture that is uh, familiar to us, uh, one that we are uh, well aware of around here. We've heard it before. Philippians chapter 3. We'll look in the uh, 12th verse, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, uh, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It goes on to say, verse 15, Let us, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And uh, this scripture is a scripture we know well around here. And, and uh, like I said, I had this uh, scripture in my heart tonight. And, you know, really this is something that uh, uh, is really an attitude or a pursuit, uh, 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 a focus, really, of somebody who's moving on into maturity in the things of God. It's someone that is wanting to continually move forward. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God's been good, but he's got more for me. And, uh, and so, you know, a mature person is someone that uh, realizes there's more out there. And Paul here, he said, you know, I don't count myself to have apprehended or have gotten there. He said, but I forget what's behind and, and I reach forward for what's ahead. I like what the Message Bible says. It says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I've made it, but I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. He said, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Is that anybody's testimony? Amen. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Woo! A lot of opportunities to turn back, but that's not what we do. We're off and running, and we don't turn back. The Amplified also says, not that I, not that I, uh, not that I have now attained this ideal, where I've already been, ma- been uh, made perfect, but I press on to lay hold, to grasp, and make my own that for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me. I like that. Lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I just like the way that's phrased. He's laid hold of you for some things. He said, uh, and made me his own. I do not consider, uh, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do... It is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. And so these scriptures, scriptures we're, we're familiar with. And really, this is the, the thing that drove Paul in life, the thing that pushed Paul forward, the thing that uh, inspired Paul, something he kept in front of. Vision is such an important thing. Purpose is such an important thing in your life. And this was a part of uh, Paul's vision and his purpose in life to continually be contending for more. You know, one thing I've learned that in our walk with God, really in every area of our walk with God, that, that God is not stagnant. He's not stationary. He's always moving forward. He's always doing, he, he is accomplishing his will. 
Jesus came to build his church. The church is being built. The plan of God is being uh, fulfilled. It's happening. And so he's always moving forward, always going in a direction of progress. And if we're not going with him, then we're getting left behind. And so he's not stagnant. So we can never afford to let ourselves get stagnant or get comfortable. Everybody say comfortable. We can't afford to let ourselves get comfortable. No, no matter where we are, comfort is probably one of our biggest enemies. Hello, comfort is one of our biggest enemies, especially in our culture. We are a people that are accustomed to being comfortable, right? We like being comfortable. There's so many options. You can have it your way right away, right? The Burger King approach to life. We're used to being comfortable. Who likes Burger King? We're going to pray for you. All right, so. (laughs) But, uh, you know, uh, uh, what was I saying? Um, It's easy to become comfortable. You cannot afford to let yourself become comfortable in life, especially with our walk with God. And so there are areas in which uh, all of us are are needing to pursue and move forward, really, in every area. Uh, But there's three areas, really, that that the Lord had on my heart. We'll talk about some things after this. But, you know, of late, I've talked a lot on Wednesdays next door and even here a couple weeks back on Sunday night about really our call in life and our mission in life and what God's called you to do. You've got to keep pushing forward in those things. I'm talking to every person, not just preachers, but every single person pushing forward in fulfilling the thing that God has called you to do. It's not going to happen because you're here. It's going to happen because you're faithful and you're pursuing it. We are co-laborers together with Christ. It, it, it is dependent upon our response to what he's done for us. It's dependent upon our response to the grace of God that's in place upon our lives, what we do with it, how we put it into practice, how we pursue it. Just because you're, you can be the most graced, anointed, and enabled person in the kingdom of God, but unless you do something with it, unless you push forward, you'll not accomplish those things. And so what is it that the Lord has called you to do? What is, what's the thing that he has laid upon your heart, the thing that you've been destined for? You've got to keep going after it. Are y'all out there? You got to keep going after it. You got to keep going after it. You got to keep going after it. As long as there's breath in your body, there's still more to do. Amen. There's still more to accomplish. There's still more ground to be taken. Amen. And so in life, you know, where our our callings and our giftings are, we've got to continually be pushing ourselves forward. I would encourage you to continue to develop those things in your life. Continue to develop those things in your life. I got to be honest with you. There's areas that, that I've not developed that I should have developed. And the things that the Lord, I, for one of them is, is in the area of music for me. The Lord has dealt with me over the years about getting in, just developing some things music. I never did it. And every few years, the Lord will deal with me again. Aren't you going to get that thing back out and learn it? And I'll get it out and the guitar's sitting in my office. And guess what? I've not done what I should have done with it. Y'all look so innocent out there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all got guitars sitting in your office, right? <laughs> or, or something that the Lord has, has placed upon your heart. Maybe, you know, see, we put value on what it's going to be used for. Listen, if it's for you, if he's going to use you to be a blessing to anybody, then you need to pursue that thing, right? And so the gifts and callings, those things, always be pursuing those things in your life. Never get satisfied. Good is, on, is not good enough. There's more that we can go after. There's more that we can have. There's more that we can see. There's more that we can develop in our lives. None of us have arrived. If anybody could have said, I've arrived, or if any of us had a right to say, you know what, I got to figure it out, it would have been Paul. But Paul said, listen, I don't consider myself to have attained it. I don't consider myself there. I've not got it all figured out. I forget what's behind me. I'm going to keep pushing forward to what God's called me to do. That upward call in Christ Jesus. And so in life and in ministry, whatever that is in our lives, the Lord has called us to, we need to be continually pushing forward in those things. But how about the blessings of God in our life? 
You know, it's easy to become satisfied with where you're at. It is so easy to be satisfied with where you are. Listen, the more God can bless you, the greater he can use you. And so we need to be continually developing those things, continue pushing forward in these areas, not just for our sake, so that we can be a greater blessing. All of us agree there are areas in our life where God wants to bless us, things that he wants to do in our lives, that if we would yield to those things, we could be a greater influence. We could be used of God in bigger ways. We could be used of God in, 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 in uh, uh, greater ways in our life. Our life can have a greater impact if we would allow the blessings of God to continue to develop. But it's easy to become satisfied with where you are. Right? It's easy to become satisfied because a lot of times we compare where we came from and the thing where we started off at. A lot of us can say we're, we're a whole lot better off than where we started, right? And so we look back and we think, oh, we're, I'm a whole lot farther along than where I was. Well, that's good, but there's still a whole lot further that you can go. None of us have, have exhausted the goodness, the grace, the blessings of God that are for our lives. Now, we don't make it our purpose in life. It's not our pursuit only life, but it is something that Jesus paid for and we ought to pursue it. We should pursue these things, continually pushing forward in these areas. And then uh, there was a third one that, that, I had, that I wrote down right away, and then I took it off, and, and the Lord prompted me to put it back on, is in the area of influence. Continually moving forward and progressing in our area of influence. Do you realize you've got influence? You have influence. Every single one of you, are, you're influencing somebody. A lot of people buy this idea that nobody's paying attention to what I'm doing. Nobody's watching my life. I'm not having an effect on anybody, just little old lowly me. No, you are affecting people around you all the time, and God wants your influence to increase. He wants your influence to increase. He wants your influence to increase. I don't care who, I, who all you've influenced to this point. God has more that he wants you to influence. Are you pursuing a being in a position of being an influencer? I mean, you have to ask you, is this something you even think about? Do you even think about your influence? How do we think about these things? What is my influence and is my influence growing? See, it's easy in, in the culture we live in, the day and we're living, we look around and we see all the darknesses in the world and we really, we, we, we relinquish our influence to just, I got my little light and I'm going to keep it burning. I'm going to not long let the world let it go out. I'm going to keep my little light burning. But th- we don't see, we just see this victory in keeping their little, our little light burning instead of turning that little light into a forest fire. Right? Your light is not supposed to stay this little light of mine. It wasn't supposed to stay little forever. Right? And so your influence, the greater the light, the greater the influence that it has. Now, y'all know me. I like lights. It's been said before. You know, I've got like flashlights. I like, you know, things. I just actually bought a new headlamp the other day. So when I'm running, I can, I like to run late at night. So uh, my neighbors probably think that's weird. Got this random dude jogging through the neighborhood. But I do that. But anyway, it's cooler then. Um, so Travis and Cali, that's not a stalker. That's just me out jogging. But anyway. So I like lights. And so I, I have a headlamp that I had, you know, but it just wasn't that bright. So I went and what I do, I, I want, I wanted my, my, my area of darkness that I am brightening in front of me as I'm jogging. I bought a higher light. I bought a 300 lumen headlamp. Now, before I had like a 35 lumen LED uh, headlamp, I bought a 300 lumen uh, headlamp. You know the headlamp thing I'm talking about? Why? I want to be able, I want it to affect more darkness in front of me as I'm running. 
See, in my neighborhood, you got to be careful what you run up on. Yeah. See, influence a lot of times helps you expose things or put things, bring things to light that doesn't just affect your step right in front of you. Can, uh, can, can light the way several steps in front of you. It could also show the way for somebody else. I never, a couple years ago, I was jogging when I was trying to exercise before and it lasted about two days. So I was jogging and, and I'm running along and I thought I saw something late at night. I thought I saw a little something move. And so I had a, I'm just running with a flashlight. So I clicked it on and it was a skunk. I had to run up on a skunk. There's a lot of things you want to, you can run up on in the middle of the night. A skunk is not one of the ones you want to run up on. He was in the middle of the road, and I will tell you, that tail was up. And he was not happy to see me. And I did not get sprayed, but I was probably as close as from me to Wendell when I saw this skunk. And, and I went from what seemed to me to be a pretty healthy run. It might have been a crawl, but I was trying to run to a dead stop and retreat about that fast. Yeah, thank God. Amy said, thank God for sure. But I ran up on this thing. Well, first of all, I didn't have my light on in the beginning, right? But, but had I had my light on, wouldn't it have been better to have a more high-powered flashlight as I'm running? I could have seen what's further ahead of me, right? I could, have, I could have seen the way before I got. I wouldn't have had to have this close encounter with a skunk of another kind, right? I could have had a, a, a little less retreating than what, I, than what I had to do. I could have avoided him. Well, you know, in life, our light that we've got, we want that influence to grow, our shining to grow. And it's not just for us, it's for those we come into contact with. And so that light, your influence should be growing. It's easy. I know as you get older, it's easy to think, well, it's just uh, my circle of influence is getting smaller. No, it's not. It should be getting more and more as you go. And the, the plan of God is for your influence to grow. Is your influence growing? If it's not, what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Our influence should be growing. Yeah, we live in a dark world and things are getting darker. That doesn't mean that we have to stay dark or stay not as in. Listen, darkness doesn't overcome light. No matter how dark the world gets, your light can still shine bright. Let your influence grow. Some of us are, are being called to, to be in a position of more influence at your work, in your job, in your, your, reign, your sphere of influence. Your, God is calling you to let your influence grow. Listen, you're not where you are just out of happenstance. You're not just where you are because it just happened. You're there because God has placed you here. You're on this earth right now, but for a reason. You're here to have influence. You're here to have influence for the kingdom of God. You're here to have influence on your job. You're here to have influence in your family. You're here to have influence in your schools. You're here to have influence around those you come into contact with. Right? Influence is a huge, that is what a commodity influence is. What, what a precious thing our influence is. I mean, I look around, we have people doing different things involved in different areas. And yes, those things are for your blessing, but it's also for an opportunity for influence to grow. I believe you're where you are by in, because God wants your influence to grow. I know Zach here, I know that he's gotten opportunities and promotions and God has been good to him. But also his, his ability to influence those in his company has grown tremendously. And what more of an influence does somebody have when somebody's brand new coming into the, into the company and he's doing their training? This man has a lot of influence, right? 
So he can put put us in position of having influence, but unless you do something with that, your influence isn't going to grow. And if you're satisfied with the influence you have, it's not going to get any more. You can be in the best position, but not gain anything unless you do something with it. Influence is an important thing. Influence is a huge, huge, huge Huge thing. Like I said, I, first of when I had this, three things came and, and I wrote them down. Ah, I'll take influence off. We'll just stick with the first two. But no, put influence back on there. Influence is important. God wants you to grow in this area. Parents, your kids grow up and get out of the house. Your influence hasn't stopped. Your influence has only begun. Continue to influence. Well, it doesn't look like it's doing anything. It's doing something. It is having an effect. Keep that light shining. Keep your influence out there. Amen. And so Paul said, you know, he said, I forget what's behind, but I press towards the mark, for the upward call in Christ. I'm going to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Do you want to lay hold of these things in your life? Do you really want to lay hold of these things in your life? Because, you know, just a, a casual, yeah, I want that. That's not going to get the job done. I said, it's not going to get the job done. Yeah, I want to do it. I, yeah, I want to do that. It's not going to get the job done unless it's something that's really important to you. Unless it's something that you really value, it's not going to happen in your life. It requires action on our part. It requires action on our part. Notice the, the, the verbiage he used. He said, I strain forward. I'm reaching forward. That's not just grabbing what's right next to you. That's reaching beyond stuff that's just past what's comfortable to reach. Think about that. Something that, that's out of your comfort zone and maybe even a little risky for you. Be led by the Spirit of God. But every person who's done something great for the Lord in whatever area this is or experienced something great or received something of great value has strained and stretched themselves. Right? They, they've gotten some criticism for it. They might have gone through some pain as a result of it. It may not have been convenient. May not, the opportunities may not always show up at the best time, quote unquote. But you still got to reach for those things. It's the truth. What are you reaching for? What are you reaching for right now? What is it that you're straining for? I believe God's got good things for us, things that he wants us to be reaching out for. Amen? You know, when we talk about these, these areas, forgetting the past, I, three things here that we, we, at least my mind, always goes to this first is the bad. When you read the scripture here that forgetting those things that are behind, how many people immediately start, think of, start thinking of what's behind us, the bad things that have happened in life? You know, we're so negative conscious. And so failure conscious in life. We really are. I've taught messages before reading this scripture and, and, I, and I've talked about the bad things that are behind us and the, and the mistakes we've made because we've all made mistakes, right? And yet it's true. I'll talk about it again, but we always tend to go this way. I'm going to start on this one because this is one we always think about. But, you know, we've got to forget the bad stuff that's happened. But there's more to forget, but we've got to forget those things that are behind us. You know, uh, thinking about Paul, you know, uh, we, we've, we know this about Paul. He wrote a large portion of the New Testament, and, and, and so God used him to do good things. But Paul had a lot of stuff to forget. He had to forget the stoning of Stephen. He had to forget the countless men, women, and children that were sentenced to death and imprisonment by his hand. There was a reason why the church 
trembled when they heard his name. When Saul was coming to town, they didn't throw a party, they trembled. Remember whenever he had his Damascus experience, you know, and they, and they wanted some, the Lord to send somebody uh, to, hey, you got the wrong, I don't want to talk to that guy. He, he's come here to imprison me. Why do I want to go pray for him? He did not have a good reputation, right? This was not a guy that was on your Christmas list. He was not a guy you wanted to see as a believer. You didn't want him in your neighborhood. You didn't want him snooping around your church. Why? Because you were likely in a lot of trouble. Paul had a lot to forget. Now, I've not not, uh, uh, done this stuff, but, you know, uh, we've all have areas in our life where there are things we have to forget. Things, mistakes, and, and decisions, and things that we've made. But do you know that even we know this to be true, but how many times are people held hostage by some failure in the past? feel like they're disqualified for something that was B.C., before Christ, right? Or maybe it's something that was A.D., that, that happened after you were born again, something to hold you hostage. You know, it's so important that each of us in these areas deal with this stuff and not let lies continue to hold us back from moving forward and reaching out for what God has for us. Think about different ones in the Bible. You've got um, uh, Joseph in the Bible. How many know Joseph had some stuff he had to forget? Now, Joseph was someone that, that in the end, rescued his family, uh, uh, preserved the nation of Israel. But how many know that Joseph had some problems? And Joseph's problems uh, started with Joseph. Part of it, Joseph had a big mouth. You have a dream of your brothers bowing down to you. Probably not the best dream to share with your brothers. I have an older brother. It's probably not the dream that I would want to share with Steve. Hopefully he wouldn't want to kill me or imprison me. But uh, still not a dream you want to share. Joseph was a spoiled child. The rest of the kids shopped at JCPenney's, right? Nothing wrong with shopping at JCPenney's, but they shopped at JCPenney's. Old Joseph shopped at Saks Fifth Avenue. There was a lot of things about Joseph that then his past that disqualified him. They tried to, they wanted to kill him. Then they decided instead of killing him, we'll just make some money on him. How nice of them. He's worth more alive than dead. So we'll cash out on Joseph. So they sold him into slavery. He goes to do what God's asked. He's been, he's not, he's made some decisions that are wrong, but he's still moving forward. He still remembered the Lord. He still was faithful to the Lord, right? Goes into Potiphar's house. The whole, that whole thing goes wrong, right? Gets thrown into jail. And then the cupbearer forgets him. He spends several years there. And then the cupbearer finally remembers him. And then, you know, lo and behold, he pulls Joseph up because Pharaoh has a dream. And he interprets that dream. And then finally he's in a position where he needs to be. He has some things to forget. You know, all along the way, Joseph could have thrown in the towel because of his actions or the things that happened to him and said, you know what? The things that are in my heart are never going to happen. It's just never going to take place. I mean, after, after he, he, had the, he, he interpreted the dream for the cupbearer, it was what, two or three years went by? Was it three years? Three years goes by. He said, I'll remember you. I'll remember you. That boy didn't remember him. Three years have gone by. You know, Joseph had to be like, oh, that guy. He told me he was going to do, and he, and I, here I am still stuck in jail. And I'm here for, I didn't do anything wrong. You know what? I got thrown in here because I, mean, I, I was stuck in Potiphar's house. I didn't do anything wrong. My old stinking brothers. He had a lot of stuff he could have thrown in the towel for. A lot of stuff in his past. Some his fault, some is not. Some not his fault. 
David. David was a man after God's own heart, right? That's how the Bible describes him. And yet David had a lot of stuff. We always think of Bathsheba, big mistake there. He raised a crazy son that tried to kill him or had tried to overthrow him, right? Doesn't get the best parenting award, right? Welcome to the club. But you know, other things happened as well to David. When Samuel comes along to anoint the next king, his own father didn't think enough of him to include him in the selection process. That could have scarred David. David could have allowed that, that encounter, that situation to say, you know what, I'm never going to do what's in my heart. I'm never, it's never going to happen. What's the point? What's the point of even trying? When my own family don't even think of me, enough of me. You know, the things that, the bad things that have happened in our life, they are things that, that we have to deal with. You know, I've done this. I've been involved in ministry a long time and grown up in a pastor's home. People deal with stuff year in and year out, things that happened 20, 30, and 40 years ago. Just keep dealing with stuff. Just keep dealing with stuff. Keep going around the same tree over and over and over again. Get free on Sunday, get bound on Monday. Right? If you're going to make progress, you've got to deal with stuff once and for all. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. What is it you need to crucify in your life? Listen, in Christ, the past is gone. You've got to know the past is gone. The memory might be there, but the past is gone. I know we know this, but are we living it? Well, I didn't do such and such. Well, ask God to forgive you. And he will. If it's something you did that was after you got born, ask God to forgive you. He's faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he's looking for an opportunity to, 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 to show mercy and extend mercy to you? But you got to move forward. So many people disqualify themselves over this stuff. you got to deal with these things. We must deal with these things in our life. And it's not just things that happened 20 years ago, things that happened 20 minutes ago. Maybe you came into service with an attitude. Get over it. God has something for you. How about you? But I've had times where I'm yelling at the kids on the way to church. Amy's like, yeah, he has. I've had those opportunities. Anybody had those opportunities? If you can't raise your hand, you've never had children. You definitely never had young children. They will test your patience, right? I tell you what, we're going to get there. I'm going to beat the fire out of you. Hallelujah. You got to forget what's behind you, right? How many times have we come to service or been in a situation or place where we're assembled together and the very presence of God is there to meet whatever need we had, but some attitude or something we said in the car keeps us from getting our answer? I've been there. We've all been there. Deal with it. Address it. Ask God to forgive you. Ask for his grace to help you in this area and then endeavor to move on and then get a hold of what God's got for you right now. Questions. I hear this, questions. You got questions about this, questions about that. We all have questions about things. Don't let questions interfere with your fellowship with God. Well, how's that gonna work? How's this gonna work? What about this? Don't let questions get in the way. Well, I did this. How's that going to be? No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't worry about that stuff. 
It's so important we put this stuff behind us. You know, like I said, I always go back and I think of bad things that have happened in our life. But, but you know, it's something that, that we have got to deal with. In Romans chapter 8, the 35th verse, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for, you, uh, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present or things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing should be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever the mistakes are that are behind you, it cannot separate you from God's love. The only thing that can do that is your decision to not participate with it. That's it. That's it. Let's not see ourselves as failures. Let's not identify ourselves as those things that have happened in the past, whether we did or done to us. Amen? Not just know there's people here tonight. You, you have struggled with things for years, maybe of your own doing or somebody else's doing. That's not who you are. So that's not who you are. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. That's who you are. Christ Jesus has paid the price for that and washed. The Bible says if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and now all things are of God. Paul had stuff happen to him. Shipwrecked, beaten, left for dead. Amy and I just got off a cruise, you know, and, and on vacation, and, and I, I, li- I like to go out on the, on the balcony at night, and I took my hammock thinking I was going to sleep out there. That didn't work out. It wasn't quite enough room, so I just would get in the chair. Several nights I fell asleep on the, on the, on the balcony. Amy likes to go to bed at 5, and uh, I'm a more of a late-night person. But uh, she, her and the kids are tucked away, and I go out on the porch, and had, it was a little too cold because of the wind, so I had a little towel, and I'd wrap up in the towel, and I'd wake up at 3 in the morning and come to bed, but looking over the, ban- you know, over the side of the ship, I thought, well, actually, we threw some things over one night. Don't repeat that, but uh, anyway, long story. I bought some shells in Nassau. Apparently, you're not allowed to bring them into the country, conch shells, so I tossed them overboard, and they disappeared quickly, and I thought, boy, I don't ever want to fall in this water. <laughs> threw them in, made a splash, and never seen again. I thought, boy, of all the things that are gonna happen to me, this is one thing I don't want to happen. I don't want to fall. We actually threatened our kids, don't even get close to the edge. We see any roughhousing, we're gonna beat you all. I mean, don't even think about roughhousing near the edge of the boat. You cannot afford to fall in the water. We threw that stuff over. I thought, dear Lord, I don't even know if I want to be on the balcony. <laughs> Paul spent three days in the deep for obeying God. <laughs> he had a lot of reason to be like, you know what, the past. I'm not doing this stuff anymore. Look what happened to me. This bad thing happened in my life. I'm not going there. Well, if you're going to obey God, you know, sometimes the Lord will lead us into situations where on the surface it may make us question what's going on. Scriptures, yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, there's no evil to fear if you're not walking through the valley of the shadow of death. People, oh, I, I don't want to fear an evil, but 
they're, they're, they also don't want to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord. Just don't ask me to do anything that'll put me. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Think about that. Jesus was led into the wilderness. Led by the spirit into the wilderness. Stuff that happened to Joseph wasn't, a, wasn't good stuff that happened to Joseph. But had those things not happened to him, he wouldn't have been there to rescue his family. You ever thought about that? Sometimes we, 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 we complain about stuff. Now, he never calls us into things to go under. It's always to triumph. And you know, Joseph, every time something would happen, Joseph rose to the top. Sold to slavery, what he became, he was put in Potiphar's house, head of, what was Potiphar's job? Charge of the army or something, and, or something like that. He rose to the top, ran Potiphar's family. Thrown in prison, what happened? He ended up being in charge of the prison. Kind of preparing him for the day to be in charge of the nation. Right? See, sometimes stuff, the Lord will, will allow us to go into some things. Not looking for you to go under, looking for you to learn the lesson there and to get what you need to get out of it so God can then use you to do what he wants you to do. But if you get all hung up on the bad things that's going on, you may very well miss out on the point of what you were called to do. At any point, Joseph could have said, this ain't fair. At any point, David could have said, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. Yet he still kept his eyes on where he was going. David still supplied Solomon with what he needed to build the temple. Right? Well, praise God. Let's quit living in the past, bad stuff that's happened to us. It's a new day. God's got new things for us. Amen? You know, one of the next things that, that's an issue is the good. You know, for a lot of people, the good life is one of the biggest hindrances for them is the blessings of God. You know, thinking about Paul, you know, Paul gets... Um, we're talking, he's the one that wrote that, but then Paul, you know, he, he had his conversion, his Damascus experience. Go from there to Acts. Well, Ananias comes and, and baptizes Paul. That's in the ninth chapter. Of course, you know, Paul, uh, uh, he gets busy about doing what God's called him to do, growing in the Lord. You know, sometimes we read the, the Bible and time periods seem to just slip away from us. In Acts chapter 9, you know, uh, uh, his conversion happens. And the time period between verse 23 and verse 26 is about three years goes by. Paul's just being faithful, doing what God's called him to do. Can I just say this? You've got to be faithful where God has you, Right? If you'll do that, if you'll humble yourself, he'll lift you up when the time is right. But, you know, if Paul was having some success here, and, and uh, in verse 31 it says the church prospers, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified in walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. Paul was experiencing some success. Paul was experiencing a lot of success here. You go on and different things are happening. Peter's talked about, Paul's talked about. You get all the way over to the 15th chapter. 14 years have gone by before Paul sets out to really step into the next phase of ministry in his life. You realize the church in Ephesus had not been established yet when this had happened? 
the church that had probably the greatest influence on Asia Minor, the church at Ephesus was the hub of, of the church in all of Asia, had not even been established yet? What if Paul had become satisfied with the influence he had had in Jerusalem? And in those, those 14 years had become comfortable in his influence, had been comfortable and not been willing for his influence to grow. Right? Sometimes the blessings that we're experiencing can be the, the good, can be the greatest distraction to us moving forward. You know, the, the parable of the sower, one of the things is the good life that's mentioned. That can cause the word to become ineffective in your life is the good life. One of the things we need to pursue is, yes, the call of God in our life, the blessings of God, the influence. But, you know, that very blessing can become your crutch if you're not careful. Right? I know when Amy and I were in Jacksonville, we, we had left Rama, And, you know, when we left here to, to move out there, we were talking about this the other day. You know, mom was talking about helping us move to Tulsa. How many miles was it? 1,100 miles. I helped you move 1,100 miles. I said, yeah, but our whole, our whole earthly belongings we packed into a 11 by, or 6 by 10 U-Haul and, the, and packed their, their SUV with clothes and, and Amy and I's cars were too small to put anything in it but us, right? But, you know, we went out there and didn't have anything. We left Rama with a 26-foot trailer full of basically brand-new furniture given to us. Pretty good, Right? I mean, now you look at it as some of the ugliest stuff you'd ever seen. We don't have it anymore. Ike Cool dropped it while we were moving once. Ike, if you're listening, thanks a lot. And it shattered, but anyway, Ike Cool. <laughs> Never ask Ike Cool to help you move. Anyway, so we you know we went to, went to, to move back to Jacksonville and, and helping the, uh, Bruce and Cindy Black you know, start the church. And I got to be honest with you, there was a period we had to fight through being there. If you're going to be where God calls you to be, you're going to have to fight through some stuff. We had to fight through some things. There were, we had an ongoing discussion between us that, you know what, just, we'll just pack our stuff up and leave in the middle of the night, and they'll come to find and not know. There'll be, the house will be empty. They won't know where we are. It'll be great. We'll just do it. And on Monday, I was convinced that's what we're going to do, and Amy's like, no, nah, you can't do that. And then on Tuesday, she's convinced that's what we're going to do, and I'm telling her, no, you can't do that. We traded day back and forth. Who's keeping the other one sta stable where we need to be, Right? I mean, we, we were putting in crazy hours, doing all kinds of stuff, you know. And the moment we got, things really started moving to the point where, you know what, we could, we could, we could stay here. I'm kind of enjoying this. It got to be fun. Ring-a-ding-ding. The call came, it's time to leave. I was like, we just got happy here. What is the deal, you know? We finally just got settled here, and now we have to move. We could have stayed, could have missed God. You could stay and miss God. You could stay where you are and miss God. Well, praise God. Don't let success keep you ineffective. Don't let success keep you from moving on from what God has for you to do. Somebody had said this recently. I thought it was great. You know, we want to always remember the good things that God's done in our life. Remember the good stuff. Be thankful for those things. But they said, you know, when you get married, you, you want to remember all the great times you had before kids. You want to remember those things, all the wonderful times you had before children. How many would agree before kids, you have a lot of great times? Some of y'all won't raise your hands because your kids are in here, right? 
Oh, no, baby. We never had great times till you showed up. That's a lie. Your mom and dad had great times before you ever showed up. They were loving life, and you weren't there, okay? Let's all be honest. How many people whose kids are grown and moved out? You're like, hallelujah, right? Put your hands down. Put your hands down. So, anyway, but them, but them. No, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward. I love my children. I'm looking forward to the day they can, in a blessed way, move on out, right? I'm looking forward to that. We had some, we had fun before they showed up. BC, before children, we had fun. You remember those good times. We have the pictures. We've got the photo album. Well, not photo. We're lazy. We don't have photos. We've got a big box of pictures. We've got a big box. Of, who else has big boxes of pictures? Not put together. Big giant box of pictures, right? We've got all the pictures of, of all the good things before kids. You remember that, but you've got to forget all the free time you had. Right? You remember some things, other areas you've got to forget. You can live in how great it, the good things can keep you from moving forward. Maybe God's calling you to do something. It's going to cost you some free time. Oh, Debbie's, oh no. <laughs> There's all kinds of things in our life that are blessings that, listen, we got to lay it all on. Listen, he, your life is his. Your life is not your own. That's why I love giving. Where it comes to our tithes and offerings, it is a continual way of disciplining ourselves. What I have is not my own, right? And so you remember the blessings, but you, gotta, you also got to be willing to let go of some of the other things attached to it. Amen. Don't let the good keep you captive in the past. Amen. Got to be willing to let go of those things. And then the other area that can trip us up is the familiar. The familiar. Bad, the bad can trip us up of our past. The good of our past can trip us up. But also the things we're comfortable with, the familiar can trip us up. Now, I don't know about anybody here tonight, but I am, admittedly, I'm a person who loves change. Can anybody relate to me? A couple of people, a couple of brave souls. I love change. I know Kendra will come back in my office every so often, and, and it changes. It goes from messy to clean. No, that's not, that's not good. That's, it should always be clean, right? So my office gets very cluttered at times. I take after him in that area. Does it? She won't talk. All right, so it gets, it gets a little No, but sometimes they'll come in, and I've moved all my furniture out of my office. I just, I, just, I just can't handle it anymore. It's just been that way for a few months, and I just got to change all the furniture up. Anybody else do that? Huh? That's my granny. Oh, great. All right, granny. I got some granny in me. All right. I just like, to, I like change. I do like change. Other people hate change. They don't really, they don't hate change. They just don't like, why, why are you giving me the evil eye? Praise God, sister. But anyway, she loves, we, people love change. We change your hair all the time. Change your hair color. Some of y'all shaking your head and know it. Some of y'all don't change anything, do you? Never even change your underwear, do you? Uh, shame on y'all. Okay. Y'all tell me you don't like change. You like change. P- people like change. But you know, one of the greatest things that can happen is what's familiar becomes that just because you can build an altar to what's familiar. You know, I know every generation loves their music the best. Well, not my generation because we had terrible music. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I didn't listen to the normal radio. I listened to Christian music pretty much growing up and it was pretty awful back then, but, um, the best generation of music was the Beatles, right? 
<laughs> I got a laugh back there. All right, I like her. We can all become accustomed to something, right? <laughs> Perfect timing. I'll pay you later. All right. We can become so accustomed to what we're, or, or so attached to what we're familiar with that we're unwilling to move forward. Different is not, ba- it's not bad. Different is just different. You know, uh, uh, you know, I was thinking today, you know, uh, I've been married for 21 and a half years and we're creatures of habit. Hard to believe, isn't it? We're creatures of habit. Been married for almost 22 years. And since the day we got married, I've slept on the left side of the bed. I don't know why I sleep on the left side of the bed, but that's been my side of the bed for 21 years. Now, when Amy's not here, when she's not home and she's away, I sleep right in the middle of the bed. I turn the fan on, you know, on tornado speed, turn the radio all the way. Anybody else do that? Your spouse is out of town. You just do everything they would hate. You just do it because you can, right? I just do it. Turn on Pandora, my favorite, some station on Pandora. I'll just blast it. The neighbors are calling in complaints. I love it. But we're creatures of habit. You know, in your walk with God, you can become a creature of habit in your walk with God. And when he wants you to adjust something, you can, it's easy to let something you're familiar with become God in your life. How do I know that to be true when our, where, our, where our, the, our walk with God is? Just ask somebody to reach out and minister to somebody they don't normally talk to. Ouch. Right? Or, or sit in a different seat, Pastor Angela says. Now, she made me sit here, so I don't have any choice. But y'all can sit wherever you want. Just to get out of our comfort zone. I'm sure Paul... What God called Paul to do is not something that's most comfortable to Paul. Paul is called the apostle to the Gentiles. Do you realize that his calling was something that got him in trouble with the rest of the church? Because it was different. Remember in Acts 10, you know, uh, uh, Peter had the, the, the vision of Cornelius. You know, don't call unclean what, what God has, you know, what God has blessed and what God calls clean. Don't do that. And so, and, and it even caused a fight right there. People started getting into it about it. You know, is the, is, the, is the way, is the good news for the Gentile as well? Well, they saw, they got born again. The Spirit of God was poured out on them, so it must be for the Gentiles too. But it was a point of contention. I believe Peter could have had a greater influence on the Gentile nations, but he, but he bowed to what was comfortable in his life. So Paul ended up doing it. And then in Galatians, even Peter, Paul had to call Peter out on some of these things, right? Galatians, the second chapter, they got into a fight over it. And Peter, in writing, called him out about them getting into dispute over all of these rules and regulations of things. Why? Because it was different. Had Paul not been open to, to, to stretching out in something that was different, you and I would not be here today. Are y'all listening? None of us would be here had Paul not been willing to, to launch out into something that was different. Just because it's not familiar doesn't mean it's not right. And in fact, it's so easy to get comfortable with what you're familiar with. You can become familiar with things that are less than what God has for you. Today I was thinking about Lot's wife. Now Lot was a righteous man. The Bible said he was a righteous man. 
And so when Abraham was arguing or, or, or uh, 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 talking to God about rescuing Sodom and Gomorrah, if, if there's 50, if there's 40, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10 righteous, right? He could have kept on going down to one, but he didn't. He stopped at the 10. He said, would you save him? God said, I'll save him for the righteous. There wasn't even that many righteous people in the city. It was a godless city. You know, when the, when the angels went to get Lot and his family out, you know what they wanted to do? Wasn't it? We have young kids in here. They, they weren't wanting to play chess, right? It was a bad scene. This city was vile, right? And so Lot was a righteous man. Lot's wife had to have an aspect of righteousness in her because she was rescued after all. His daughters were rescued. Now, his son-in-laws were not. They stayed. They had, some, they had too much love for the city that they, couldn't be, they weren't willing to leave. But Lot, his family, they were, they were righteous people living in an ungodly city, a vile city. But even in something that was vile, there was a part of, uh, of Lot's wife that loved it because she was familiar with it. Right? Even in the midst of God calling her out, calling them out to rescue her, because she loved and was so attached to what was familiar, she looked back. And it cost her her life. What's my point? If we're going to continue to strain and stretch for what's ahead of us, you, listen, some things won't be familiar to you. But you still have to go after that. You may have, even have to sacrifice some things that are familiar now, I'll just say this. You get other people that they just want anything new. They want to go after it. No, you need to be smart as well. I love change. I'm not changing my wife. She might be changing on me, but, but I'm not changing on her. No. Some people, they just, they just want to jump at the newest thing. That's also dangerous. Very dangerous. But just because it's new doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. It may just be different than you. There's so many people in my life that have affected me that are not like me at all, but they've had a huge impact on my life. Different, but they've had a huge impact on my life. Mark Bauer, different guy. He's had a huge impact on my life. First time we ever talked, he criticized my cell phone on my waist. Had a little clip. Little, you remember the cell phones on your waist? He walked up. Oh, you think you're so important. You need, to, you need to people get in touch with you all the time. What are you talking about? This guy's a jerk. He didn't say, hello, my name is Mark. He just criticized my cell phone. It was a different kind of joke. I, nobody got it. Mark's had a huge impact on my life, right? He's very different than me. I celebrate that. I, I'm, I'm happy about that. What's my point? Just because something is different or not com we're not used to it doesn't mean that it's something we should be shying away from. You know, I just want to encourage you tonight. Like I said, those are the scriptures been on my heart uh, uh, tonight and, and, and for this evening. There is more to contend for. There's more to be had. Now, I always, anytime you talk about this stuff, you always run the risk of people saying, well, that's right, I'm going to move. No, nobody's, move if God's telling you to move somewhere. Some people are always wanting to leave and go run somewhere. Be where God's calling you to be, right? But my point is be busy pursuing and straining forward for what God has called you to do in these different areas. 
Desire them, strain for them, but don't allow stuff to hold you back. It's very easy to miss out on your answer, miss out on your destiny, miss out on what God's called you if you are attached to things more so than attached to him. Right? You know, working with teenagers for years, one of the biggest areas is relationships. You got to be willing to let those things go. I know they hate hearing it from me, but it's true. Some of the best decisions I ever made were relationships I ended. Right? Some of the, some, some of the relationships that were established, others were ones that I ended. Or at least changed the dynamic. Made the decision to make an adjustment. But a whole lot of reasons to not, but it's what I needed to do. I don't know exactly what it is, but I believe there are people here in our church. I'm not saying God's calling you out of here. I'm not saying you need to do anything drastic. What I'm saying is if you're going to continue to push forward, you can't let the past, the bad keep beating you up. You also can't be limited by the good. You also can't be resistant to different. I'm not saying we, get, we, we take it because it's different, but you can't just resist it because it's different, because it's not familiar to you. It's the truth. It's the truth. You know, Joseph, during that period, when he was at Potiphar's house in prison, he was learning the way they did business in Egypt. He was learning how things were done while he was there. He was open to doing things a different way and it enabled him, it positioned him to be effective when his time came. That's all I'm saying. Be open. Be open to what God has for you. Be open to where he's calling you. Be open to, to keep pushing forward. Y'all hearing me? Be open to it. Don't miss out. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss what God has for you because you're not open to these things or you're too open to other things. Well, that's the truth tonight. It is the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I, I do believe, you all can stand, I do believe that Ahead of us lie some great days lay ahead of each of us. I believe it's God's desire for the church to end this age on a high note, on a note of power, on a note of victory, right? And that means us as individuals ending on a high note. Ending strong, ending, ending, ending where we are running to the last minute, Right? Running to the last second, running our race to the last second while we're busy. You know, if the Lord returns before, if he returns during, during our lifetime, I believe he will. It's so important that, we, that he comes and finds us busy doing what he's called us to do. It's so important that we are valuing what he's directing us to and where he's calling us and the things that he's laid hold of us for more so than these other areas of our life. Eternity will speak of what we do. Eternity will speak of these decisions that we make. You know, in the comfort thing, whether, whether it's the familiarity thing, I call it comfort, whatever you want to call it. Our willingness to be uncomfortable, to go the extra mile, to, 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 to do all of the, to, to, to sacrifice the good sometimes, to be willing to, to forget the past Maybe it's to forget the past of somebody else's life, right? 
Instead of seeing somebody else as this, that, or the other, seeing the way God sees them, right? And then drawing that out of them. I believe how we handle these things now will determine the comfort we have then. It'll determine those things. It'll set us up to really have and experience what he wants for us in the life which is to come. It's a part of living eternity-minded and looking forward, right? This, is not the, this isn't the end-all right here. This isn't the epitome of everything we get to do. This is just a small portion of that. And let's be willing to put everything on the altar. Let's be willing to put the past, the blessings. Let's be willing to put our, our preferences on the altar. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.